If you need medical attention besides emergency rooms and doctor's offices, there are increasing numbers of urgent care facilities, and now virtual appointments are available. So we're discussing how to know where to seek care. This is Be Well with Skagit Regional Health. Thanks for joining us. I'm Joey Waller. Our guest, Dr. Aaron Arnold. He's a family medical physician at Skagit Regional Health. Dr. Arnold, thanks for joining us. Hey, wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. So first, when needing medical attention, in a nutshell, doctor, why is it so important that patients seek the right level of care and thus the proper facility? That is a great question. The different facilities correlate to levels of care and intensity or need of care based on severity of illness. The techniques tools at different locations compared to urgent care to in the hospital system and in the clinics all vary. The right location will have the right tools to fit basically the level of need based on the illness people are having. So we'll get to some of the differences between them in a moment, but first, if you have a medical issue and aren't sure which type of facility is best, what are a few guidelines you can offer based on your symptoms? So anybody experiencing any life-threatening symptoms of any signs of organ failure, chest pain being the most common one, those are usually a urgent care or more likely emergency room issue. Most of the life-threatening issues that people can walk through a door and can be evaluated first in urgent care and then quickly assessed and then recommend for either follow-up, stay in urgent care, or transfer over to the emergency room. If people, as a general rule of thumb, are questioning, I think I should go to the ER, but I'm not sure, that's usually a good indication that the ER should be the first place to go. So if you're wondering yes or no on the ER, better safe than sorry. Absolutely. So besides chest pain that you mentioned, let's start with the emergency room. What are a few basic needs of people that bring them to the ER and maybe give us one or two that people think necessitate the ER when in fact it's usually not needed? So besides chest pain, severe shortness of breath, dizziness that people are maybe in threat of or danger of passing out, need to be evaluated in the emergency room. And our common uh, findings for stroke, so change in speech, slurring of words, change in smiles, a drooping of the face, any weakness, people cannot lift up their arm or lift up their legs. Those are things that need to be evaluated in the emergency room right away because time is of the essence. So are there a few common or somewhat common things that people show up at the ER for where they're sent elsewhere because they were mistaken and that's not the place for it? Probably the clearest example would be a medication refill. If people are out of a medication and they're not experiencing any severe symptoms or concern for any threat of life or limb, the ER is definitely not the place to go for that. Other kind of more common things that the ER can handle but isn't necessarily the most appropriate place would be issues of a rash, a non-severe rash. Even if they are kind of full body, if people are not experiencing any other symptoms like elevated blood pressure, headaches, or fever, something like that can be evaluated at an urgent care. 
Gotcha. So speaking of urgent care, you touched on it a little bit a moment ago, but to get into some more specifics, urgent care is still relatively new compared to traditional or more longstanding medical facilities, right? So I would imagine some people still have never been to one, aren't familiar with exactly what they're for, maybe give people a better idea of what they can handle and what they really are not meant for. Yeah. So the development of aversion care is a relatively new addition to the medical system in the United States. Traditionally, 20, 30 years ago, people would be able to walk into their general practitioner's office and get an appointment the same day or wait to be seen until there was a break or pause in their general practitioner's schedule to be seen for whatever acute issue they had. With the changes and increase in population, increase in demand for healthcare, we're not only seeing a supply shortage of physicians, but also nurses and all the other medical care staff that make delivering care possible. The appointments and time availability is so short in supply that we are now having to offload that increased demand with new care facilities to help address acute issues that we can't otherwise see in our clinic. And then there's the good old doctor's office, sometimes called a primary care physician, family practice, a clinic. So what are those still for? Yeah. So just like urgent care is to help address acute issues that we can't but normally could see in our office, the um, doctor's offices, general practitioner's offices are still here to help maintain our general health, do the general yearly checkups and wellness visits, adjust medications, follow chronic illnesses to make sure people are responding to medications and also deal with the acute issues such as high blood pressures, headaches, maybe a new fall, potential broken bone. One of the big differences between the primary care and urgent care facilities nowadays is non-severe traumas, so potential broken bones or dislocations. The primary care offices, not everybody has a splinting or cast material in their primary care, and urgent care is becoming the quick first go-to for any potential broken bones, again, that aren't severe. So if people have an injury, their arm is moving well enough, they're not having any numbness, tingling, their arm's not getting purple or changing colors or feeling very cold, the urgent care is a good place to go in, get an x-ray, get an initial splint or cast, and then follow up with an orthopedic physician. Gotcha. Now, Skagit Regional Health, as we alluded to, also offers virtual health. And Dr. Arnold, we realize that the technology is not quite there yet where the doctor is going to reach through the phone or the computer screen and offer you a thermometer. So what are and aren't those sessions for? Yeah. That's a good explanation of some of the limitations of our technology and also some things that, that patients can do to help bridge that gap from the technology loss. So we don't and likely won't have the technology to reach out of the screen to have that sensation where we can touch or feel like a mass or a broken bone. But there is a lot that can be done over virtual visits and most of our providers at Skagit Regional Clinics do offer telemedicine and virtual visits through phone or video. Patients that have uh, an initial equipment to 
check a blood pressure, to check their oxygen saturations and pulse rate, and basic thermometers as well. Very helpful to give information to their physicians to help make the appropriate, or give appropriate information to help make the right choice for treating whatever illness they're presenting with. So while we can't reach out through the screen, listen to the heart and lungs, there's still a lot of diagnostic information that can be obtained through the video visits. And we can diagnose minor colds, urinary tract infections, and other things that we don't necessarily need to kind of reach out, touch, feel, see in person. And those virtual sessions also allow for the doctor to prescribe medication in certain instances, right? Yes, correct. In certain instances, like a urinary tract infection, where all the symptoms are kind of leading up, a physician can also order labs to confirm a diagnosis that patient can then get after the virtual visits. They can also prescribe medications to help treat minor infections, minor illnesses, and symptomatic management, such as cough, cold, controlling a non-severe fever. Gotcha. Now, would you agree that what we're talking about here really reminds us of the importance of having a primary care physician? Because whether you're going to any of these other options, ER, urgent care, remote, if you've still got a regular doctor who may not be available, may not, as you said, have an appointment available at that moment that you need it, regardless of where you turn, it's still always good to have that man or woman that's already familiar with you to get that report and treat something going forward, right? Absolutely, yes. Medicine in general is a whole team of people, providers, staff that make everything possible. And the primary care physician, to a large degree, serves as the care coordinator across different specialties and across different levels of the healthcare system. And it is never wrong to call your primary care doctor to say, I'm still a little confused about where to go. Can you please give me some direction? And primary care doctor are wonderful men and women that serve as our support staff and our nursing staff are all very good and have good training and good skills, especially our nurses to help triage and help make decisions to guide where people need to go, what level of care, and they can also get in contact with the physicians to help with that decision making. And additionally, with primary care, we always want to be kind of looped in if there's anything new going on so we can follow patients to make sure that the illness has resolved, that they have the follow-up visit to ensure that there's enough medications, that the medications are working appropriately, and that there are no concerning side effects or new problems that arise from maybe an initial one. Okay. And then finally, to kind of put a bow on the discussion, again, concerning primary care doctors, is the standard still after all these years that for most of us going to the doctor once a year is the best medicine, pun intended, Dr. Arnold, <laughs> because of the fact that you want to get checked up on whether there may be something wrong or even just to tell you that you're perfectly fine, God willing, right? Absolutely. One of the first things that we're always taught in, in medical school is that the body and mind are a black box, and it's really hard to kind of see in, especially for ourselves. We only get so much information with our body and the face looking back at us in the mirror, and a lot of times it takes somebody else to say, 
yes, you're doing great, have that reassurance, or I'm noticing this new, is this new, or have you had these symptoms or any of these changes that might not have occurred on a day-to-day basis or been readily apparent? And having just at least that one-year visit where we can check some routine labs, have that full-body detailed examination, can help find some of those small things that might go unnoticed to the average person and even to physicians themselves. We're not immune to needing doctors and medicine. Well, folks, we trust you're now more familiar with where to go for medical care with all those different options now available. Dr. Aaron Arnold, thanks again so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Same here. And for more information, please do visit SkagitRegionalHealth.org. Again, SkagitRegionalHealth.org. Now, if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social media. And thanks for listening to Be Well with Skagit Regional Health. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Waller.